So if you have your Bibles, God, let's go back to Acts, the second chapter, verse number 42. And we are introducing and, and we've, we're at the uh, week number five of our rooted study. But we're going to talk about this morning, thriving in community, thriving in community. Everybody say thriving in community. When something is thriving, that means that, that it has, um, it has some, some vigor, some vitality. It's, 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 do, it's moving in the right direction. It is, it, is, it is blossoming, if you will. Amen? How many of y'all want your bank account to be thriving? <laughs> Anybody in the house? I, I, I like it when my bank account seems to be thriving. You know, there's some times in seasons in this life in this, in this capitalistic system that we have, you know, the economy goes up and down, right? And there are some times when our bank accounts go up and down depending on what we have to spend money on, right? How many of y'all have had stuff that break down all of a sudden? You thought it was going to last forever, and it lasted five years and broke down. And you're like, you're like doggone it, these things, they don't make stuff the way they used to make it. I know we wash quite a bit around our house, but it seems like our washing and dryers seem like they just, they just say, I, I give up. I ain't doing this no more. So sometimes you have to go and replenish those things uh, that, 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 that are broken down because everything it makes is subject to deterioration, right? So sometimes your bank account looks like it's thriving and all of a sudden you got to spend $4,000 for this or $5,000 or your car breaks down, the transmission goes out. And so now the bank account don't look like it's thriving. But when, you know what it means to thrive. It means that it, it's, it's a situation that, that's, that's prospering, that's that's above average, can I get a witness? So we want to thrive in community. Acts, the second chapter, if you will, look with me at verse number 42. Acts chapter 2, verse number 42. Uh, because if we're going to be rooted, we got to know what, what that looks like. The text says this. Are y'all ready? Let's read. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to what? Prayer. Prayer. Let's keep moving. A deep sense of awe came over all of them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Let's go. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Let's keep going. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. One more for good measure. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with what? Great joy and generosity. Now that's, 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 I, I, every time I read this, guys, it's almost like a chill goes over my body. It's, it's almost like I break out in, in, in goosebumps because when I look at the early church and their attention to detail in the early churches a commitment to authentic community, uh, it, 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 it does something to me because I realize and I know that, that part of the success of, the, of the, the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth realm is predicated on us understanding about doing life together, right? It's, a, it, it's, it's very important because when you look at the early church, the early church grew exponentially, one time Peter preached and 3,000 souls came to Christ at one setting. And so when we understand how important community is it, uh, and we begin to embrace that concept of, of church life rather than just Sunday morning centric. Y'all, y'all hear me use that term a lot, Sunday morning centric. That means that my concept of God 
and my interaction with God and the church is all predicated on what we do on Sunday. When in actuality, Sunday should be uh, really just, just a, a smidgen, a small snapshot of what it means to have a covenant relationship with God. Are y'all tracking with me today? And so can we, if we can get out of that mindset of we just going to church and become and start being the church, not just on Sundays, but at all times, then I think we'll get what God is trying to get, get us to get. Amen. Everybody say, I need to get what God's trying to get me to get. Now, look at our main ideas today, okay? I need y'all to pay attention today as we go through this. Hear me carefully. You and I will never be able to embrace and operate in authentic gospel community if we don't keep our eyes on Jesus and his word. Because, remember I said on last week, the focus has to be on Jesus and what he desires for us to do. So if I start looking at myself, what I want, what I believe, and what my tastes are, and and take my eyes off of Jesus and what he wants, then then I'll never be able to really truly embrace authentic community. Are y'all with me today? Because... If, if I don't keep my eyes on Jesus, folk that, <laughs> folk that do stuff different than me, I may not want to be around them. Right? Uh, uh, if I don't keep my eyes on Jesus, I can't pray for those who despitefully use me, which is what the Bible told us to do. If I don't keep my eyes on Jesus and focus on him, his will for my life, then I will not, amen, think of others more highly than myself. Well, I'll be thinking about myself more than them. Are you with me? So, 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 so I, I, I preface this message with that concept. If you're sitting there and if you don't focus on Jesus and, and, and his will being the most important thing in your life, you'll never get this because you'll always be in. We, we come into this world inherently selfish, right? <laughs> put, a, put, a, put, put five, six little kids out there in the backyard, let them start playing. You can get every one of them a ball, but somebody's going to want somebody else's ball. Because that ball looks brighter than my ball, so I want your ball. Right? And little kids are in here. They, 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 they sweet little old things. They come out of the hospital. Little old look at little pretty bit of baby. They're little sinful things, though. <laughs> I don't care how cute they are. They sinful. Because every man is born in sin, shaping iniquity. So, so we have to learn how to do, God, do, do life God's way. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen naturally because we're, we're inherently selfish. We'll think about ourselves before we'll anybody else. That's, that's, the, that's the default position for the average person. But when we, when we walk with Jesus, he wants us to do life differently. Everybody say, I need to move differently. Speaking of moving, uh, remember those seven rhythms we talked about? Uh, let's see if we can get those. And Brother Jay, if you have it, you can pop them up. But I always tell my noon class, my golden vessels, I like the way you move. How many... Anybody got some rhythm? Every time you, Jerry said he has some. Beverly, I don't know if Jerry got rhythm or not, but we're going to take him at his word today. But every time, here's what I want you to do. Whenever you see someone operating and allowing these seven rhythms to be evident in their life, I want you to point to them and say, I like the way you move. Number one, we said, what, daily devotion. Is that right? we got to have daily devotion. That means that i got to spend time with God not every five months, but i got to spend some daily time with God. 
I can't afford to go without. And I'll be honest with you, there's some days when I when my time with God is, is skimpy and minuscule because I'm doing stuff for the Lord. Let me tell you something. Doing stuff for the Lord is not an excuse for not spending time with the Lord. So we got to have some daily devotion. If I say daily devotion. The second rhythm that we got to have is prayer. If I say prayer. We got to have some prayer time. Men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Men ought to always pray and not give up. Pray without ceasing, the Bible says. So when you see somebody praying, say, I like the way you move. The third one is what? Come on, let's go. Repentance. That means repentance means that I have to have some time where I do self-evaluation because to repent means to turn away. And for me to turn away from something, I have to acknowledge that what I'm doing, the way I'm going is not right. And the only way I'm going to acknowledge that the way I'm going is not right, I got to take time to look at myself and say, is this really God's will for my life? Am I really doing what God told me to do? Is this a part of God's plan for mankind, for believers? And if I'm not doing it the way God says do it, I got to repent. I got to turn away. Ever say repentance. The, third, the fourth one is what? Come on, let's go. Sacrificiality. Being willing to give of what God has blessed us with. Sacrificial generosity. When, when, when you go to a restaurant and, and, and the person gives you good service and you tip them 100% of the bill. Any of y'all ever did that before? Every now and then, I said, Maria and I would do that quite often. When we get good service, we want to bless that person. And, 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 and in that arena or when God tells us to go and sow into somebody's life, amen, and, and we give at a level where it costs us something. When you give of your clothes, don't give the, the dingy, moth balls smelling down in the bottom of the basket stuff you're going to give to somebody. Give sacrificially. Hello? Give that thing with the tag on it that's never been worn. That dress that cost you $500. Some of y'all say, I don't move like that, Pastor. I don't move like that. <laughs> Sacrificial generosity. God has called upon us to give of ourselves to him and to mankind. All right? So, sacrificial generosity. What's the next one? Come on. Serve the community. Guys, I've been, I've been pushing this. We have to get outside of the four walls of the church and make ourselves present and visible in the community at large. What do we say every Sunday? We are disciple believers who consistently walk in the ways of God and have kingdom impact in our homes, schools, jobs, and the community at large. We will reflect our faith and lead others into a personal relationship with the Savior, Jesus Christ. Serve the community. What's the next one? Share your story. Everybody's got a story. Your story is not my story, but you got your story. And can't nobody, can't, can't nobody argue with you about your story because you know what God has done for you. You know how he has changed your thinking. How many of y'all used to think crazy? Oh, come on, come on, come on. I, I need some witness. How many of y'all will admit to me that there were some times when my thinking was thrown off, Pastor? About money? About relationships. See, some of y'all dudes thought y'all were players in the day, didn't you? Y'all know what a player? Player. No, we are player. Not realizing that, 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 that that's, that is throwed off thinking. That's not how God made you to be horse. So you're thinking at periods of time we've been thrown off about a lot of different things. But once you get into the word of God, 
Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. My thinking has to change. The Bible says in Romans 12 that God, amen, amen, changes me by changing the way I think. He makes me into a new person by changing the way I think. If you think I'm trying to change your thinking, you're exactly right. Well, God, through me, is trying to change the way you think about life. And we want our life to line up with God's word. Because inherently we're sinful. Inherently we get our flesh, we, we're not perfect. And so when you see somebody sharing their story and telling you what God has done for them, how he's brought them through, you say, I like the way you move. Say it again. Say, I like the way you move. And last, what's the last one? Worship. worship. Amen. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a part of what we do on Sunday. But, but, but you know, this, this, this is what we do here. It's not the totality of worship. Worship is a lifestyle. That means I live in such a way that God can use me to reach somebody else. That's where true worship is. All right. So, so those, those are the seven rhythms. So when you see somebody got some rhythm, say, I like the way you move. Now watch them. Keep moving. So the main idea, all of us, look at, look at that line. My, all of us need to be part of a small group within the church so that we can experience authentic community through the love, support, and encouragement of others. We were made for community and do best when we allow others in our lives. I know some of y'all. I know some of y'all look funny. Because I used to be a little funny and still trying to work on some stuff. Can I get a witness? I know, some, I know you come from a family that didn't, y'all ain't never had nobody over your house. And so some of that stuff is still in you. And, and God says, okay, that's the way you were brought up. But what's going to be more real to you? Your upbringing of my word in the transformative work I'm trying to do in your life. So I know some of us got a little, some of us are introverts. And some are extroverts. Introverts have a, a little more difficulty operating in community because they, they're not necessarily comfortable being around people. They'll rather get their book or get, get in front of their TV and walk with a blanket and they'll watch TV all day Saturday. They don't need nobody over their house. <laughs> but what God is saying is, if I am going to use you, how can I use you to reach people when you're running from people? And make no mistake about it. When Jesus said in Matthew, the 28th chapter, for us to go and make disciples, it did not exempt any one of us. Amen. So we got to we got to get over our our little our little family of origin issues. We got to get over uh, those things that are holding us back, those things that are that, that are that are gripping us and others can see it. But a lot of times we can't see it ourselves. Can I share the story? I'll share the story. I'm telling my story. <laughs> we were on our way to church, church this morning. And she said, I'm talking, I'm telling on me, okay? Because we had a conversation about some direction. You know, she had asked me some directions about where, where a certain highway goes and where the other one starts. And we were talking about that. And she says, you know, sometimes you have a, a, a habit of getting little digs in. I said, what do you mean digs in? She said, well, uh, I said, give me an example of that, baby. This is on the way to church this morning. Ever said we were on the way to church. I said, give me an example of that. She said, well, the other day when we were talking about, I was actually about 220, what 220 ends and what 31, 32 ends. Uh, and you said, if you, if you know your direction between east and west, it'll help you to be able to know what. Now, why are y'all looking at me like that? Anthony, I need some help, brother. <laughs> I said, if you, if, 
Now, I say, I say, I didn't say you. I say it'll, it'll help if you know the direction east and west, because normally in, in signage, if y'all didn't know this, uh, even numbers usually mean east, west. Odd numbers mean north, south. If you're on interstate and it's a, it's, it's, it has three, three numbers, that usually means it's a loop around the city. Some of y'all look at me like, oh. <laughs> so, but she says, she says, she says, um, see, that's an example of a dig. You kind of said that as, as, as if, uh, I don't know, you know, you, you got to tell them what you were feeling, okay? <laughs> but she gave me an example of a dig. And I said, what, what I, I said, really, baby, that, that wasn't really a dig. Here's what I said. She said, listen, listen to you now. That's a blind spot because you're trying to explain your dig. <laughs> Rather than just saying, okay, that's a dig. You're trying to, you kind of say, I don't know directions. So, so I'm evaluating myself. This is therapy for me right now in the pulpit. I'm, I'm getting therapy right now. But, but what I've learned to do, I got to learn to listen. When sometimes when people tell me stuff like that, I, I, didn't, really, I didn't realize it was a dig. It, it felt like a dig. To, it was a dig because she said, it, it, oh, okay. Right. Can I get off of me and get on y'all? Okay. All right. So, 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 so we were made for community and do best when we allow others into our lives. But again, some, some of us, some of us, if we're not careful, we, we, we'll be, we'll, we'll, in our, in our lack of ability to address the things that are causing us to act the way we act and causing us to have these, ver- these, these, these sort of ways of doing life. And we don't even realize what's causing it, but a lot of it can be traced back to our childhood. And we got to let God into those spaces to deal with us. To, what, what's causing the anger? What's causing the rage? What, what's causing the, the reticence or the reluctance to engage with people? What's, what happened? Who hurt you? Who dealt with you unfairly to the point to where you made an inner vow that says, I don't care. I know what the word of God says, but you know what, Pastor? I ain't getting too close to folks. But what I'm telling you is, is God says he wants to heal your hurt and use you to be a mind. Some of y'all got so much on the inside of you. I see what God has gifted you to be. But sometimes we allow those things to keep us from moving forward in faith. And we got to get beyond that because God wants to use us to be a thriving community of believers where the world can see us walking in unity. So the early church met together in temple courts where we worship and together in homes a smaller group of people doing life together. Both are important, the large gatherings and the small gatherings. Everybody say large and small. What we're doing here on Sunday is necessary. What we're doing on Wednesday is smaller groups are necessary. And when you do things together outside of that, that's necessary in order for us to grow together, thriving in community. The large gatherings and the small gatherings. In Scripture, we see this as both and, not either or expectation from Jesus. So, 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 so go, I, I, I've talked this before, but let's go back to Psalms 133, and let's go to the King James Version of Psalms 133. I, every time I read this, I, I think about the goodness of God and how God will give man wisdom to speak his truths into our lives. Uh, Psalms 133 from the KJV, verse, verse 1 through 3. Now, a lot of times we, we, read, we would read this, this psalm when we were um, go to programs at 2.30. How many of y'all remember 2.30 programs? Let, let me see the hand of all of y'all who know what a 2.30 fellowship program is. That, in case you don't know, let me educate you. That's when we, we have service here uh, starting at 10 o'clock, and we go from 10 to 
it used to be 10, it used to be 10 to uh, 12.30, but now it's 10 to around 11.30, 11.45. I get a little long with it, maybe 11.50, okay? All right. But then we would, uh, we would break, go grab us something to eat, and then we'd go to another church and take the choir, and we would take the sound team and all of our instruments and our drums, and we, we would pack all this stuff up and go to another church and have what we call a fellowship service, Okay? But in actuality, and this is not critical, but that's really not a fellowship. That's having another church service. Because most of the time when we have that fellowship service, there we go there and we, I preach, y'all hear me for a second time. Some of y'all be saying, I'll hurt you one time if they pass, I don't need to hear you two times in a day. <laughs> but because you were part of the choir, the usher team, the town team, you went and heard me preach a second time at another church. They would sing a few songs, and our choir would come up and sing a few songs. And it looked like when y'all got to those second service, y'all would try to show out. Amen. <laughs> y'all would bring it. But the reality is, is that we, were, we would go have that service, and they may give us, fix us a plate afterwards, and usually we take the plate on the road, and we go, and we go back, we go back home. So there was not really any fellowship. There was not time together. Our concept of what fellowship is is somewhat distorted. The early church knew what fellowship was because they did life together. They spent time in each other's home. See, when you spend time in my house eating at my table, come on, and I'm eating at your table, then we got time for really genuine interaction. Talk about some deeper things in life, amen? But at a 2.30 service, I ain't going to be telling you too much because I don't even know you. Right? In actuality, I don't really know the people. I may know the pastor and some of the folks there, but I haven't spent time with them. Not knocking it. I'm just saying that, that we, we, we just don't do that as much anymore. It's been a long time. And the truth be told, somebody say praise God. And the truth be told, if I'm, if I'm a part of the choir, who, a praise team who gets in here at 7 a.m. See, everybody can't be committed. Some say they want to, but some can't. You may be in a season in life where you can't, depending on the situation, you got young kids or whatever. But, but 7 a.m., if I'm, if I'm here at 7 a.m., and now I go to a 2.30 program, by the time I get back home, it's 5 or 6 o'clock on a Sunday. Spend no time with family, now I got to go to work the next day. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that we, 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 we move differently now. Everybody say we move differently. And some of y'all are glad about it, right? Because the folk ain't going to go to 2.30 service, it don't matter to them because they ain't going in there. <laughs> but the ones who are, who are committed, the ones who are, are serving on the serve, man, you went, I was wearing them out. I can remember some months, we were out of five, four, seven, I remember one month, we went somewhere every Sunday, second service in that month. Service here, service somewhere. We would drive, we would drive, we would go, I, listen, I, I, if someone invites me to share the gospel, I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not, if, if God leads me to go, I'm going to go. And there was some backwood place we went to up in Arkansas. Come on. Church was hot. People were fanning. Maria and I was passed by one of the church the other day, and we said, you remember when Ethan was, 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 was about four or five, and, and Tanya had him, he was up in the choir. They, they, took, they took his whole uh, shirt off because he was sweating so. <laughs> but the point is, guys, that's not really the type of fellowship that the Bible, so I'm not knocking it, and please don't go away thinking I'm being critical. I'm just saying that the idea of fellowship has to go beyond a church service. Amen. I said all that to say that, okay? Watch what the text says here. Now, now, now get, get into this concept because keep your eyes on Jesus. 
if you got your eyes on yourself and, 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 and some of those things, those, those barriers that are in you that you haven't really addressed and been honest about that as a barrier, uh, it'll cause you not to look at this the right way. So everybody says, let's go to the Word. I need y'all to say it louder than that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, let's read together. It says what? Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together, what? In unity. Uh, next verse. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, down to the skirts of his garments. Next verse, three. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life now, now, this song, if you check it out, it's almost exactly in the middle of the Bible. Y'all have heard me share this before, and it's one of the shortest chapters in the Bible. It was written by King David, who experienced the power of authentic community in the company of close friends who were called David's mighty men of valor. And in David's day, as we go back and talk about how, how good and pleasant it is for him to dwell in, in unity, in David's day, there were two great offices in the nation of Israel. One was the office of the king. Uh, David held that office. And the other was the office of the high priest. Amen. Of the nation. And that position was hereditary, being passed from father to son in the lineage of the first high priest, who was Aaron, the brother of Moses. Are y'all still tracking with me? Now, the office of the high priest was for life. And I told you this before, so, so, so most people only got to see the anointing of one high priest in their entire lifetime. Are y'all tracking with me? And when that happened, it was a tremendous ceremony because the person being anointed was the person who was going to represent the people to God on a daily basis. So the high priest also would also make it possible uh, for their sins to be forgiven through a great annual sacrifice on what is known as the Day of Atonement. Everybody say Day of Atonement. So when a high priest was to be anointed, the whole nation would gather in Jerusalem. It was, it was like a big, big shinding, a big deal, big to do. And after some prayers, a special mixture of oil and spices, a mixture that was only used. Everybody say only. It was only used for the anointing of the high priest and nothing and no one else in all of Israel. And it was poured lavishly over the head of the new high priest, so much so that so much oil was poured on his head that it came down his head and ran down his beard and onto his, onto his garment. It splashed all over him. And, and, and unless, again, hear me carefully, unless you were lucky enough to outlive the high priest, that fragrance given off by this anointing oil would only be smelled this one time in a person's lifetime. One time in his lifetime. This special mixture, which means it speaks to the valuableness of that oil. And so, so when David, who had experienced the power of authentic community in the company of his close friend, when David was searching for a way to describe how good and pleasant it is, he pictured a once-in-a-lifetime nationwide event and said, it's just like that. 
Unity is just like when that anointing oil is poured on the high priest's head. Unity is like the valuableness and the preciousness of that fragrance that was exuded from that anointing oil that only occurred usually once in the lifetime of most people. He goes on in case you didn't know that. He's talking about the, the Mountain Dew of Herman. I don't have time to give you on that one, but that was precious also. So what, what, what are you saying, Brother Pastor? Well, this idea of unity, this idea of community is very, very important, amen, for us as believers. I don't believe it's, a, it's an accident that that was right, this 133rd Psalm is right in the middle of the Bible. Because I think there's a connectivity that goes from old to new. When we learn the, 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 the idea of community and walking in authentic community and walking in unity, the type of unity that Jesus prayed about, and what that does as our witness to the world. Now watch this. Can we keep moving? Uh, in your outline, uh, there's four things I want you to just take, take note of. Number one, authentic community can carry you through tough times. It can carry you through tough times. Let me say this plain and clearly. Every last one of us are going to face some adversity in our life. Every last one of us are going to have a period of time when we go through something. Whether it's sickness in our body, whether it's a financial hardship, whether it's the loss of a loved one, all of us are going to face adversity. And when that adversity comes upon us, uh, it's good when you got some people there who can walk through it with you. I'm talking about some, 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 some real genuine people who are, are going to be there when, 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 when nobody else is there. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter number, let's go to verse, 1 Samuel 22, and I'm, I'm going to read from the KJV verse number 1 down through verse number 2, all right? Let's watch this, okay? So we all know that we're going to face adversity in life, right? We live in a fallen world. When sin in the earth realm, it calls a man for come up. It calls for chaos, c- confusion, and calamity to come right along with it, right? So now watch, watch, watch this. Watch this. David, David understood this. Watch what, watch what David said. Da- watch what the Bible says. David, therefore, did what? Departed thence and escaped to the cave of Dulam. Now, understand this. Saul is after David. Saul is, King Saul is trying to kill David. Because Saul got whiff of the fact that David killed his, I mean, Saul killed his thousand and David killed his 10,000. The, the women of Israel were going around with their tamarinds, badly. David was a warrior and he was thought very highly of it. Saul got jealous and Saul knew that he was the next anointed king of Israel. So he was going to try to take him out. He's trying to kill him. But watch this. David therefore departed thence and escaped. He escaped to the, everybody say he escaped. How many of y'all feel like you've escaped from some stuff? All right. He escaped, amen, to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. Verse number two. Can we read it out loud on purpose? And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about what? We got 400 distressed, in debt, and discontented men looking for somebody who can help them through their situation. 
and they come to David, who was the future king of Israel. Everybody say, let me ask you this question. Have you ever been discombobulated? That one wasn't in there, but I added that one. That's me. Uh, have you ever been distressed or in debt or, or, or discontented? It's helpful when you have someone who you can go to and say, hey, listen, I'm dealing with this. I need you to pray through pray through this thing with me. I need you to be there. I need some wise, godly counsel uh, in, this, in this state that I'm in. David understood authentic community because he had those group of men, those mighty men that David had that he did war with those men. But, but David was a, a leader for them, but those men had problems. They're in a cave. Come on. Distress. In debt. And discontented. But David was there to help them through that. So authentic community can carry you through tough times. Second thing I want you to make note of, community can illuminate your darkness and lighten your burden. It can illuminate your darkness. What what I mean to illuminate? Illuminate means to shine a light on it. It can can illuminate your darkness and lighten your burdens. The Bible tells us to, 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 thank you, Holy Ghost. Go to Galatians 6. I'm going to let the Bible speak. Go to Galatians 6 chapter and look at verse number 1. Galatians 6 verse number 1. When I'm in community with believers who love God, who love, who love me enough to tell me the truth about me, then, then it, it helps me. And when I have things that I'm carrying, uh, things that, 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 that are causing distress and, and discomfort, then when, when I'm walking in community uh, with people who love God first and foremost, and they love God even more, more so than they love me, they love God, but if, they, if you love God, you're going to love people. Newsflash. Ever said newsflash? Newsflash. You can't truly love God and hate on people. I don't know what Bible you've been reading, but if you love God, part of loving God is loving people. Your vertical relationship with God cannot be right when your horizontal relationship with people is all out of whack. I'm not saying that we don't go through stuff with people. I'm not saying that we don't have challenges with people, but what I'm saying is if you are truly a born again believer, focus on Jesus, you got to still love people. In spite of how they act. And sometimes they act unlovable. How many of y'all are in a relationship with people who act unlovable sometimes? All of us are. If you got children, they'll act unlovable sometimes, right? I don't care how good they are. There are times, Right? Well, not my child. Okay, all right. As Mama would say, keep on living. But now watch this. Can we go right quick? Watch this. Brethren, if a man be what? Overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual do what? So this tells us how to restore it, right? Um, let's... I, 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 it, watch this. Restore us to one in spirit of me, consider ourselves, lest I also be tempted. Let's go to the NLT on that, brother Jay, if you will. Galatians 6, verse number 1. Hear me carefully. When I'm in authentic community with you and you are in authentic community with me, then when you are overtaken in the fault, then I will come to you with the right spirit. In the spirit of love. In a spirit to try to help a man restore you back to your proper place in God. And when I come to you, you don't get mad at me because I came to you. You 
ever had somebody who was in sin, and you, you talk to them about their sin, they got mad at you for talking to them about their sin. You know it was sin, they know it was sin. But getting mad because you called them on it. <laughs> Baby, as your pastor, I will call you on it in love. Because I don't want to see any of us detached or not in proper fellowship with God. Watch the text. Let's read. Come on, let's go. Dear brothers and sisters, if, any, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly. That's telling you how to do it. Some of y'all just too doggone rough and mean. Now listen, what I mean is I've had to tender how I say certain things. Is that right, sister? All right. Even as a pastor. Now y'all know I love you. I tell you that up front. Okay? I want you to know I love you. But I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to not speak the truth because I love you. As a matter of fact, if I love you, that means I, I, I'm, I'm even uh, more implored or uh, uh, more encouraged to speak the truth to you because I don't want to see you go down a road that's going to cause separation or, or detachment from God to the point where God can't use you like he wants to use you. So as your pastor, I'm going to speak the truth in love. OK, I've learned over the years how to tender how I say certain things. Everybody say he's learned. But I'm still going to speak the truth. Okay? Can I say it again? I have been called by God to preach the Bible. Not my opinion. Not my feelings. Can I come to this side over here? I have been called by God. And at some point in time, when when, when the rapture takes place... And I have to stand before the Bema judgment seat of Christ. I will have to give an account for how I pastored this church, how I shared God's word. Was I true to scripture or did I follow the people? And I'm here to tell you, I've never been one who had to have the people's approval. That ain't me. Are y'all with me? I'm not trying to get everybody to like me. Because if the truth be told, if I'm doing my job, there's going to be some point in time where you may get a little warm with me, and that's okay. Because most people don't like their stuff to be dealt with, but I, yeah, I got to deal with it. Because I don't want to get in trouble with God. I'd rather be in trouble with you. And the truth be told, I'd rather, you, I'd rather be in trouble with you than to be in trouble with God. Well, you see me, Pastor. Yeah, I see you but I'm going to see him too. And when I see him at the beam of judgment of Christ, I don't want to be dressed down because, brother pastor, I told you to preach unity and you didn't do it because, 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 because you got kicked back. Or, or, I told you to preach about giving and supporting the church, but, but you, you're afraid somebody's going to get mad and leave because you told them it's, it's the responsibility of every member to support the work that they're a part of. Right? I, I don't have... As a, as a pastor and an ex-banker, I have no problem whatsoever preaching on giving. Because it's our responsibility. I'm going to do it the right way. I'm not going to beg you, but I'm going to share the truth with you. Can y'all come in a little closer? Are, are, are we still friends? Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Thank you. Somebody said yes. <laughs> that wasn't the right answer. That wasn't the right answer. Right. Can we keep moving? Watch this. All right. So this tells us how to do it. There's a way to do this, y'all. It says, uh, 
dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, and that happens in the church, you who are godly, not you who are carnal, not who you are worldly mind, those who are godly, who are spiritually mature, should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. Look at verse number three. If you think you're too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You ain't that important. <laughs> Look at your neighbor. neighbor. Put, put a little uh, southern colloquialism on it. You. <laughs> all right, all right. So, 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 so do y'all get that? When a brother falls, overtaken in a fault symbolizes someone who fell in the sin. But we are to go help them rather than get on social media and talk about it. We're to go help them and to bring them back into their proper place. Can I get a witness? So authentic community can illuminate your darkness and lighten your burdens. Third thing, authentic community can deepen and transform you. When you got people in your life who, who, who can talk to you and pray with you and challenge you, then it helps you to be transformed. And fourthly, often the community can strengthen and sharpen you. Look at Proverbs 27 and verse number 17. It can strengthen and sharpen you. How many of y'all need to be sharpened? I know I do. Okay? Sharpen you. Proverbs 27 and verse number 17. This is one that y'all, y'all know uh, quite well. It says, iron sharpens iron. So a friend sharpens a friend. Sharpen. And y'all have knives that have to be sharpened. And then when you, the funny thing about it, when, when, when metal meets metal, uh, sparks sometimes fly. Right? You ever seen a grinding wheel when you put metal up against it? That, 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 that grinding wheel is sharpening it, but there are sparks. So sometimes in authentic community, there can be some sparks. What do you mean, Brother Pastor? Sometimes we, get, we may get mad at each other. Maria and I, will, in December, will have been married 38 years, and I love her. And if she died today, I would miss her dearly. But there are sometimes we have what we call heated fellowship. Everybody say, heated fellowship. I need to see the hands of every married couple in here who's engaged in heated fellowship before. Where sparks have flown, where words have been said that really in the moment you said it in the heat of the moment, but you really didn't mean it, and you try to take it back after you said it, and it just hit and it hurt. But, but, but our authenticity as a, as a couple does not dissipate because we had heated fellowship. We understood when we stood before the altar that we said for better or for worse, for richer or for poor. In sickness and in health. And as I told you last week or the other week, that, that was not a multiple choice question. I'll take health. I'll take rich. That's what some of y'all did. It's not multiple choice. When you enter into covenant relationship with God, 
and your local church assembly, it is a precious and a, 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 a sacrificial thing. And we got to learn to embrace that and not run when some sparks fly sometimes. Are y'all with me? So, so, so how do we experience authentic community? Because again, we got we, we talk about thriving in community. Well, number one, you got to make time for it. Everybody say, make time for it. So when you look back at Acts, the second chapter, let's go back there right quick in case, I, in case we, 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 we get sidetracked on this. Acts chapter 2, look at verse number 42 again. Acts 2, verse number 42. Everybody say, thriving, thriving. in community. Hallelujah. Acts 2, 42. It says what? All the believers devoted themselves. Now watch this, guys. Here's here's what you got to answer for, and only you can do this. You remember when we looked at Joshua the other Sunday? And as God had delivered the children of Israel, they were into the land of promise. And and when they went to the land, it was, was, he said, every place your foot tread upon, I've given it to you. But But there's opposition in the land. All right. And there are people in the land. There were people in the land who didn't have a covenant with God. The only reason why God didn't want them to mingle and mix with those nations in there because they didn't have a covenant with God. They lived, amen, a lifestyle of decadence. They lived a lifestyle of, 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 of sinful behavior. And God knew that if they connected with those people, amen, that, that they would, those people would, in their sinful state, could potentially turn their hearts away from God. And it happened. Okay? So when they, when they went to the land, uh, 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 the land that was a land of promise, God, God said that I've, every place I've, your feet tread upon, I've given it to you, uh, but you got to follow me. But what happened is some of the, the Israelites start following other gods. And, and Joshua, in his, in, his, in his role as leader of those people, said this. He says this, you, choose you this day who you're going to serve. Whether it's the God of the Amorites, Hittites, Jebusites, Bentonites, Shreveportite, they didn't say that, but you know, you, you get the drift, right? Uh-huh. The Californianites. No, no. He says, choose this day who you're going to serve. He says, but as for me and my house, I made a covenant that we are going to serve God. So you have to decide as a believer, first of all, do I believe that the Bible is God's holy inspired word? Now, you would think that a Christian in America, that would be a given. But I will tell you, survey after survey and study after study shows that there are a lot of Christians who don't believe in the inerrance of the Holy Scripture. There are a lot of believers who don't take the time to, first of all, submit to the Holy Spirit's leading and to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us out of the Scripture. You cannot read the Bible like a regular textbook. And when you don't allow this to be the guiding principle for how you live life, and, and if you don't believe this word of God, then, then probably you're not going to be comfortable in this church because I'm staying with the word. Okay? I'm, 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 I'm living and dying with God's word as the preeminent source for how we do life, how I do life. Because his word has the ability to transform. As the Holy Spirit, amen, amen, inter, in, interfaces and fills us, 
then it causes us to be in a position where we're under, up under his control. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. It means to be controlled by the Spirit. So, but the Word of God is paramount to me doing life the way God wants it done. Everybody got an opinion. Everybody has preferences. And I'm not knocking you for your preferences. I'm not knocking you for your opinions. But if your opinions and your preference causes, amen, you to be apart from what God is doing, then you got to say, I got to change, amen. Uh, or, or in other words, I, I got to align myself with God's word and not what I want. Are y'all with me? All right, so there's some things. I'm telling you, sometimes I read the Bible and I'm like, oh, God, that's going to be tough, God. Lord, you know, you got, how many of y'all ever said, Lord, you got to help me with that one? Lord, you want me to pray for that person? And I know they owe me $1,000 and act like they don't know it. Come on now, if, if, if you don't get that thing free, uh, and, 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 and somebody owes you, somebody, if they owe you $50, you can't really write that off, but they owe you $1,000. Or they owe you $20,000. And hadn't said nothing about it in years. Don't tell me that won't mess with you. Don't tell me you won't be feeling a certain kind of way every time you see them. And then they post on social media, in Carabas, having a great time. We're here for the week. And you, you look at it like, you there on my money. That's 6,000 of it right there in Carabas. Am I saying that right? Is that such a place? Cozumel. Wherever. I know that's a place. Some of y'all are like, I didn't know it was. Yes, it is. I stopped in Cozumel on a cruise one time. All right? But guys, we have to let the word of God be. I got, I got to finish y'all. So you got, you, got, you got to make time for it. You commit to an intentional group of people on a regular basis. Sign up for a group. Make it such a priority that you show up every time your group meets. Unless something happens. You're working a sick or something. Now listen, relationships don't just happen. In order for me to marry Maria, I had to be intentional. In order for her to marry me, she had to be intentional. It didn't just happen. You got to be intentional. If someone gets pregnant, when you ask them, how'd that happen? And they say, I don't know, that's a lie. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. Because that's one sin, you got to be intentional. How'd you just walk into a room and start having sex with somebody and ain't no relationship? I don't know what that is. But you got to be intentional. If you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to go with God, if you're going to let God use you, it won't just happen just by you sitting here on Sunday. It's part of it. But you got to be intentional. You got to decide that I'm going to engage in daily devotion. How are you moving? You got to decide that I'm going to have some prayer time with God. You got to decide that I'm going to repent. You got to decide that I'm going to engage in sacrificial generosity. You got to decide that I'm going to serve my community. You got to decide all those rhythms. Okay? It won't happen if you're not intentional about it. And I, I wouldn't be married to this woman right now if, if I was not intentional. We met in January, got engaged in June, and got married in December. That is intentional. 
We didn't have a five-year uh, uh, engagement period because I knew what I wanted. And I guess she knew what she wanted. <laughs> She's still here. All right. But, but, but we, we have to be intentional. You got to be in t- Listen, I can't make you, and I'm not trying to make anybody do anything, because if I made you do it, it wouldn't be you doing it on your own free will. God wants you to love him because you love him. He wants you to do this because you love him. And as I told you, you can't do this if you don't keep your eyes on him. If you don't love Jesus enough to submit your will to his word, you'll never engage in authentic community. Because that's too much that's happened in life that's caused us to be uh, uh, skeptical and, 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 and somewhat sketchy about engaging the community. But once you, once you get this, once you focus on Jesus, you get this. So you got to make time for it. Number two, you got to contribute to it. And number three, you got to take a genuine interest in the lives of others. Go to Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4. And as you're going there, we are created for community. I, I just don't have to. I, I'm going to finish this the fifth Sunday. <laughs> and the reason I say the fifth Sunday, for the next three Sundays, we're going to have a guest speaker. Uh, Pastor Greg Gober from Hope Community Church in New York City is going to be with us next, next week. He's, he's the, the church that we went to Brooklyn and did the mission outreach with. Greg, great guy, great brother, um, doing a great work in Brooklyn, New York. He's going to share. And then uh, on uh, the third Sunday, Brother Al Kirk from my brother California is going to come and share a word. And then the fourth Sunday, uh, that weekend, our church anniversary, Mr. Tim Ross, uh, who's going to come and share a word for us that Sunday. And we also have some time with Tim on that Saturday with a little comedy and some questions that Christians ask. Um, so uh, I'm taking a three-week hiatus, but I'm going to come back with both barrels loaded. I'm coming to kill something in this church. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about figuratively. I'm talking about I'm, I want to I literally kill some, some attitudes, some approaches to life that don't line up with God's word. Okay? Y'all with me? All right. So now watch this. And, and I'm closing on this. My time is up. Thank you for yours. Watch this. Philippians chapter 2. I tell you what, let's, let's start at verse number 1, if you would, Brother Jay. Thank you. Philippians chapter 2. Let's go. Y'all ready? Can we read together? Let's read together. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Well, if it is, then what? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with what? This is Paul writing to the church, the saints of Philippi, encouraging them. Paul had apostolic apostolic authority. He was their spiritual covering. He says, and make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. As your pastor, that's what I want us to do. Look at verse number three. Don't, I need y'all to read that again out loud. Ready? Read. Don't be selfish. Don't try. Oh, stop there. Stop, 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 stop. Don't try to impress others. Some of y'all spend all of your life trying to impress other people. Impress God. If you impress God, 
people will be impressed with you. Don't try to, come on, y'all ready? Don't try to impress. Be humble, thinking of others. Oh, did the Bible just say that? So there is no supremacy based off of ethnicity. If I'm a believer, the unity that Jesus prayed about is, is that, that his followers would come together under the blood of Jesus Christ. The gospel message is all about Jew and Gentile coming together in one body, and there is no superiority. Amen. We are all a one in Christ. Mm. Next verse. I got to stop, but I need you to hear this. What does it say? Don't look out only for your own interests. So how am I going to obey community if I'm only interested in myself and what affects me and my family and my household? He says it, but take an interest in others too. See, community is very important, guys. And I am out of time, and I do thank you for yours. But we gotta, we gotta get this right. We gotta, we gotta, hey man, we gotta, we gotta say, Jesus, I, my eyes are on you, and Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm available to be used by you. Move in my life in a way that 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 signifies that I love you, and help me not to be selfish. Help me not to be just concerned about me and mine but help me to, to, to be willing to give up my time, talent, and resources to help someone else along this journey. Thriving in community. Every head bowed, every eye closed.